wreaking havoc. Wreaking havoc. News, interviews, and more. We just reek of Huntsville Havoc Hockey. Welcome to this week's episode of the Wreaking Havoc podcast. We hope you're enjoying it so far as much as we enjoy bringing it to you. By the way, if you've got any suggestions, we encourage you to pass them along. This time around, we'll be hearing from recently retired equipment manager Billy Welker. Laura Pitts caught up with him last week for a fun conversation. And that visit is coming up next. The Reek and Havoc Podcast. Got something to say? Put it on a t-shirt, or hoodie, or apron, or even an iPhone case. Just go to DaddyO'sCustomTees.com and make it happen. Look through their selection of ready-made designs, or make one of your own. Check out their special hockey designs, too. With Daddy-O's Custom Tees, you can truly have it your way. Look for Daddy-O's Custom Tees on Facebook, follow them on Twitter or Instagram, or go online to DaddyO'sCustomTees.com. That's D-A-D-D-Y-O-S Custom T-E-E-S dot com. Daddy-O's Custom Tees. They've got your back or front. Let's go in the slot. Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of In the Slot with the Wreaking Havoc podcast. I'm Laura Pitts, and today we have a fun treat for everyone. We have longtime Havoc equipment manager Billy Wilker here with us today. Starting his professional career with the Fort Wayne Comets in 1987, Wilker has worked over 2,000 professional games with the Comets, the Albany Choppers, the Bellingham Icehawks, the Tulsa Oilers, the San Antonio Iguanas, the Shreveport Mudbugs, and the Huntsville Havoc Hockey. In addition to his illustrious ice hockey career, he has also worked in professional roller hockey, baseball, and arena football. During his career, he was a part of eight pro hockey championship teams, two of which came when he was a member of the Havoc. Billy, welcome so much to the show. We are so glad to talk to you after all of this time and find out what your story is and, and get your take on everything. Well, thanks a lot. That is a great introduction. And it's amazing how long I've been doing this. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Yes, I was just looking when you started. I was being born when you started your career. So I don't know if that makes you feel old or what, but, like you know, I think that's a really neat thing is like you have been around doing this for nearly 36 years now, and that's a lot of time to put into this career. Wow. Yeah, I'm old. No, (laughs) It's been a long time and, and everything's changed so much in, since I've started. If you think about it, like all the kids are different now, all the players. And there was a time when I first started where they were all older than me. So I was getting a picked on and stuff quite a bit. And then they were my same age and we were hanging out together. <laughs> and then now I'm like their dads. So, so you and I get a lot of kids that come through that I knew their dad when he played. Wow. Full circle moment then. It's a full exactly. circle moment. That's neat. Well, again, we are so thankful for you to come on and share your story. Um, you know, part of what we are hoping to do with our podcast is to tell the Huntsville Havoc family story. And so everyone has an origin story. Everybody that's a part of this whole thing came from somewhere to end up where we're at right now. And so that's what we want to start with today, um, Billy. We want to know where are you from? Where did you grow up? Give us the Billy Welker history here. Well, 
as you said in my introduction, I worked, I worked for the Fort Wayne Comets. That's my hometown in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And my grandfather played hockey back in Canada and then they got in a car and they moved to Fort Wayne, Indiana. And a few years go by and my mom meets my dad. They get married and here I am. And I just hung around my grandpa and the hockey team and that's how I got started. And then a couple years out of college, my dad bought the team for some reason. <laughs> and I ended up, you know, helping and, and becoming an equipment manager. And then it all just took off from there. And it's been a crazy, crazy ride. Did you ever play hockey or were you just observing hockey? I, I played as like a young kid in like the kids leagues. Yeah. And stuff, but never any like competitive travel or nothing like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was always really big. Yeah. So I, I, it was by the time I was 10 at that point, you know, they didn't have equipment for big people. So I couldn't fit in anything. Yeah. So I just kind of helped out with the team and uh, helped out with grandpa's team, the Comets in Fort Wayne and. Yeah. Helped out at my high school with teams and stuff like that. And yeah. I really like to be equipment manager. It was can a lot take, of fun. Can you take us back to those moments growing up with your grandfather? Um, you know, being, seeing this and being around this, cause you had a unique perspective because you weren't just in the stands as a fan. You were like in the middle of stuff. I would assume being a lot of times they just threw me out when they got sick of me. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen it all from an owner's perspective and, you know, not being an owner. And I mean, you know, b b being around my grandpa behind the scenes and the stuff that goes on there and, um, in the locker room at a young age, probably, probably by the time I was seven or eight, I mm -hmm. think like the trainer at the time, they called him a trainer, but he was actually an equipment manager he would tell me to go get all the jocks and pick them up and give me a quarter or something. And that's how I, and that's how I kind of got started. And they uh, kind of uh, kept me busy because I was in everything like a young kid is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you, you were know? curious and stuff. Want to know what was going on. I say. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was neat. And all the guys were nice, you know, and yeah. stuff like that. And then as the years went past and I began to get older, I got more responsibility around mm -hmm. the team and then when I got into high school for a little bit I kind of didn't do it I did high school things yeah you know like I got friends in school and stuff and I did that and then and then I got back into it after after college and uh became the head equipment manager which it's a lot of responsibility like sharpening skates and making sure all the equipment's ordered and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. you know well so was it always being an equipment trainer or was there like some other path that you thought you might go down career wise? Or was this, was hockey always going to be a part of it somehow? You thought I wanted to work in basketball. What'd you want to do? Being from Indiana, it's a basketball state. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot with my high school basketball team. I went to college at Indiana state because I was a big Larry Bird fan. And I kind of really wanted to like maybe get into college sports and stuff like that. But I got back into the hockey and that was obviously my first love and I haven't left it since. So, so you have been, I'm assuming a trainer and done a lot of things at all the, I mean, I was going through the list trying to make sure I could get tongue tied on what different animal or whatever the, the thing was. Um, 
before you came to Havoc, before your journey brought you to Huntsville, um, talk a little bit about what was different between each of those plays. Like you would go from one and you went were an equipment manager at another, you know, like things were not always probably the same at every place. Like give us a little bit of an understanding of what those other teams and leagues were like. So way back when I, I started in Fort Wayne, with my uh, grandpa's team and I was just like a helper. And then my dad owned the team in, in the IHL, it was called, called. And what would happen, it, it was kind of like a higher league that didn't like the Havoc League in. So we had a lot of guys that would get called up mm-hmm. like to like the Capitals and teams like that. And that was pretty cool. And, uh, then I went on to, Albany, which was kind of the same thing. It was pro hockey. So you'd get guys getting called all around and traded. And Albany wasn't a very good town. They didn't support us very well. And uh, we didn't get very good fans and the team folded. Yeah. So I'm here with my dad and the team folds. So I don't really think that I'm going to go anywhere. And all of a sudden I get a good call from a friend that says, come out to junior hockey. So I get in my truck and drive out and work junior hockey in the, uh, uh, Bellingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in, and that was pretty cool because have you ever heard of Paul Korea? I have not. Or Brett Hall? No, I'm new to a lot of this. Okay. They're older hockey players that played in that league that ended up having like Hall of Fame careers in the NHL. And I got to see them play. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then, um, then it was on to Tulsa, which was a really great city. Um, we won a championship there in Tulsa the first year of the league. And, um, it was a startup league. They used to have hockey there and they stopped it for a couple of years and then they got it back. And Tulsa, Oklahoma is a country city. Um, you know, kind of like, it's like, it's like Huntsville where, where they support you and everything you do. And, uh, they, they got really great fans. And, uh, I don't know. One thing I think I've always been really fortunate. I've been to pretty good places. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what was after Tulsa? I've got the you, Texas. It was the iguanas. You were San Antonio iguanas. Okay. So that's way down south. In, in Texas. Yeah. And, and I mean, they, they packed the place. They just loved it. They didn't know anything about it at first. You know, the hockey, but they caught on and um, they had really great fans and uh, it was really good food there. <laughs> <laughs> a good barbecue. And then you became a mud bug, which I I just am laughing in general about some of these these mascots. Isn't it great? <laughs> yes. So Shreveport Mudbugs. So I met a Tanya in San Antonio. She came to work for the team. And then we got we went to Shreveport together with the same group of people and we got married. So we ended up having our first child, our daughter Annie, after a year or two. And uh Shreveport was another place where it took off and it was really good. Um, fan wise, and we had really great teams there. We won four championships there in 10 years. Nice. 
And uh, Shreveport's pretty funny because it's, the food's really good there, too. <laughs> that, that's why they call them that. The Shreveport mud bugs. Because it's a crawfish, right? Yeah, yeah. That, I just It's just funny to me, all these different mascots that, that were coming you, 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 uh When you get a chance, uh, Google the... Google the mascots and look at them. They're funny. And then after that, you end up here in Huntsville. How do you end up here in Huntsville with the Havoc? How does that journey get you? How do you get from all these other places to your end goal? Uh, Our team in Shreveport ended up folding, which happens a lot in minor league sports. And we hooked up with the coach at the time. It was before Glenn. Mm Mm-hmm. And they needed a guy. So they brought us in and talked to us for a day or two. And then I came back in September all by myself. I left everybody at home for one year. So they stay back in Shreveport and I moved to Huntsville for the first season. And then after that's over, they moved here in, in August of the next year. And, um, Basically, hockey, you know everybody in hockey, so you, you know, if you do a pretty good job, you can usually get on with, with another team if you want to. So I've been pretty fortunate with that. As you see, I stayed places a long time though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, longevity seems to be a very important part of your career of establishment too. Well, I think it's important. I mean, I mean, I could have probably have gone up to like a higher level, but then you don't know what's going to happen from year to year to year. So it makes, for a lot of unstableness with the family and people, especially when the kids were in school. Yeah. You know, the kids, the, the kids only had to move once where a lot of people in sports moved three or four times. Yeah. So it was good that way. Well, and then you also mentioned that you were part of eight, like of these places you've been eight times, there were championship teams that you were part of. Yeah. So and two of them, Two being in the Havoc. Yes. And so I was curious if you could talk about, before we ask about the Havoc experiences, what were those other championship experiences like? I mean. Yeah. All right. Now you're talking. So (laughs) my first championship that I ever was a part of was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, it was just wonderful. Like you win the game and you're like, you're, it's like an out of body experience. You really don't. Is is it over? Yeah, it's over. We just won the whole thing. Oh my gosh! So then you know the party and begins and the champagne and the t-shirts and the hats and everybody wanting to get a part of the players and be involved and it, it just it's it's really special time and never heard anybody say before. Oh, I hated that championship team I was on. Like you're, they're always the best teams. Like, oh, we were the best team. We had the best chemistry. We had the best coach. We had the best everything. And, and it's, I mean, it's just a real special thing to win. And so I won in Tulsa and uh, then we won again. We won four in um, Shreveport, which was really cool. We, We actually won three in a row. Nice. Nice. And you were you're a part of that. Like yeah. your, what you did, they they could they could not get to that place unless you had all your ducks in a row too to support the team. So that's a really neat part of it that you play. Well, thank you. I mean, we we like to think as equipment managers that we play a big part in the wins. 
Mm-hmm. That's why I did it so long. And, and, you know, I did it because I get the, I get the locker room set up. I sharpen the skates. I'm there for the guys during the game, I, you know, and, and you become a part of the team and the guys like you, and you become a part of the, of the, of the uh, chemistry. And that's really what I loved about it was hockey, especially you're a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Hockey players are the greatest athletes in the whole wide world. And so talk a little bit about those experiences winning championships with the Havoc. How how did – and especially they were back-to-back, too. Out the yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I got to the Havoc, we had a whole other coach, and then uh, Glenn took over. And then, uh, you know, two years before we won a championship, we only won 11 games. So – so, so quite typically, uh, Glenn would have in in any other team, he would have got fired. So, um, it was pretty uh, crazy, you know, when we won the championship. It was like, wow, two years ago we only won eleven games, and now we're winning a championship, and it was really special like that. And uh, Peoria, that's the team we beat. Mm-hmm. You know that rival, yeah. and it was in Peoria, which was really special for us, um, especially me because I had grown up going there at the Comets in Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. and now they're in the same league I'm in, and it's like we go there a bunch of times and we can't beat them, and then we go there in the, in the championship round and we win. So th- that was really cool. Really, really neat. And then the next year, of course, we won at home against Birmingham. And that was really special for the fans because, I mean, it was sold out. Yeah. And that, and we, that locker room was quite the mess after. <laughs> Did you have to clean that whole locker room up by well, yourself? I mean, I, I had some help the next day, but what happened was, is, is, I mean, I remember, uh, Coach Glenn saying, uh, you can just come come in and do it Monday. Well, I was still kind of like had a few drinks in me when I got back from the bar. So I just started cleaning it because I was fired up. So, you know, I had some helpers come in the next day and we took care of the rest of it. And um, we got it all cleaned up. And, you know, uh, Glenn came in on Monday and go, what happened? I said, well, I just I, I got some energy and did it. But uh, that was special. Just been at home and seeing all the guys and everybody was so happy and and beating uh, Birmingham anytime we beat Birmingham right every time we can beat Birmingham that 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 is a definitely special thing (laughs) so tell us a little bit exactly about what it means to be an equipment manager what is that role what do you do what do you I I see you in the box you're in the game I see you handing out the the sticks but like there's more to it what exactly is is this whole being an equipment manager so I'm responsible from head to toe, making sure the guys have everything they need from skates to helmet to sticks. Um, they're usually a, they can come with some of their own stuff, but I make sure it's safe. Mm-hmm. Elbow pads, shin pads, t-shirts, you know, shorts to work out in. There's a, like a couple of years we got them shoes, you know, stuff like that. And then, so I'm responsible for all the equipment head to toe, um, the skate sharpening, 
steel changing during the games. I don't know if you've seen us during the games. We're down there, a change in steel of the guys' uh, skates. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, a locker room, uh, making sure it's organized and cleaned every day. And I mean, uh, you know, talking to the to to the other equipment managers, telling them our schedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So our schedule, uh, 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 talking to the bus driver. So, you know, a day or two out, I'll text the driver. The bus driver will text me back, and then we'll get it together and create a plan. Mm-hmm. And then we're off, you know, we're off on the road and then we get there and then everybody brings in their stuff and we unpack it. And then, you know, I'm responsible for all that. Um, so all the equipment ordering, uh, uh, um, uh, coordinating with the other teams as far as what time we're going to be at the uh, arena and for the next day, if we're going to practice before the game. Yeah, everything seems so organized in this whole process of being an equipment manager. And so I was going to ask a question. You mentioned road trips. Um, what, forgetting equipment, have you ever had, like, moments when, like, something got left or whatever and you had to fi- figure those things out? Um, one time, yeah, lots of stuff. Um, one time and we forgot – I got there into Knoxville a day early and there wasn't one of the guy's jerseys because I counted enough, but I didn't, there was somebody in there that was not playing. So anyway, to make a long story short, I got some fans to drive to the arena and get it. And I don't know if you know, uh, Cody, he's a big time hockey fan. He's on all the chat line. Him and his mama drove it to Knoxville for me. Nice. Nice. So I had it by the time the game started. That's nice. I was just so, wondering if any of the times we for, we forget stuff, you know. So, well, one time we played a exhibition game in Nashville. I don't know if you heard about that. Mm-mm. It was like my second year, so it would have been like 2012 or 2013. And so we played there. Um, and the Nashville team was on lockout, uh, on strike. Mm-hmm. So they had us there to play. Well, our goalie forgot his mask. So uh, I'm really good for friends with the equipment man, uh, the the, uh, the equipment manager there, Pete. And Pete, uh, he went and got the kid, and they went into a back room, and he had a, he he had a choice of like twelve different masks. Nice. So, that, so we got lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And then another time, way back in the 80s, when I first started, we were going on a game, and I forgot the hockey socks. So we pull up there, and luckily the team, the, the other team let us have theirs to wear. So they didn't really match, but it was okay for one game. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was also going to ask if you the other teams were very nice to share things or to oh, oh, yeah. needed things. And I am too. Like you've got to remember, it, it's going to happen to you somewhere too. So, if somebody comes to me and says, "Hey, I need a stick," oh yeah, here, come on, let's get one. So you kind of leave the hockey game aside, and and as equipment managers, you kind of help yourself. Like you got to help you. You guys are a team. So all the equipment managers are a team together. You know. We'll be back with more of the Reek and Havoc podcast.
This is a true sad story for ADT, the leader in home security systems. My favorite dog, Oliver, was stolen from our garage recently. If I had a camera system installed in my home from ADT, I would have known exactly what car possibly pulled up in my driveway and stole my little friend. If I had a security system from ADT, my dog would still be here. I called ADT this weekend and they're coming out in a few days to install a camera and a new security system. Unfortunately, it's a little too late for me. Listen, protect everyone you love in your family. Call ADT now. Have them come out and give you a quote to install a full security system in your home. Don't let it be too late for you. Call right now. Paid for by the Home Security Hotline. 800-200-6543. That's 800-200-6543. This is Brett Schaefer, the goaltending coach of the Huntsville Havoc, and you're listening to the Reekin Havoc Podcast. So what's a normal game day for you at home? Like, when do you, like, in, in Huntsville, game day is happening that night. What When does your day start? What time? And how does that process go for you? Well, probably about 7 to 7.30 a.m., and usually by then, I the day before at a home game, I'd had I'd had, have done all the skates, mm-hmm. sharpened all the skates, get ready for a pregame practice, mm-hmm. and hang out practice jerseys, uh, the, the the laundry loops. I make coffee, have a pot of coffee on for the guys, straighten stuff up. And then we got to set stuff up for the team coming in too. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so we, we, we got to set up drinks and towels and hockey pucks and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a training supplies. So that's part of the deal. And I usually get help with the trainer, usually helps me do that. And, uh, you know, and then the game and, and then the game officials mm-hmm. have to have stuff. Yeah. So I got to get towels for the refs. Soda, whatever, Gatorade, that kind of stuff. So we get them all set up. And then, you know, we practice and uh, the guys go back to their house. They go eat whatever. And then we clean up and and we vacuum and mop and dry the equipment and make everything pretty looking. Yeah. So what you're telling me is you're the magic, right? You're the magic behind all the the setup and everything we see that looks so ready to go behind the scenes. I'm getting, one of the things is I'm getting a little older. So thankfully I had a lot of help this year of people that would help vacuum and help do all the stuff. But yeah, I always mean, I mean, there's been years and times on different teams that I've done it all myself, but I've always had pretty good help here the last couple of years with it. Yeah. And uh, they do a really nice job, like, helping me. But we get it all set up, and then when they come in, it's all nice and pretty, and the jerseys are out, and, and we go play hockey. And then we clean it all up and do it again sometimes the next day. What like You have sometimes two or three games in a row or two games straight. Sometimes we'll get on a bus that night and go to play somewhere the next day. And you have you cleaned up what's the mess is at Huntsville? Have y'all left it for yeah, another Yeah, we do the best we can, and. And some of the people that help us don't go on the road trips. So they stay back and they make sure everything's locked up and kind of cleaned. You know, the trash is taken out. And then we, we head to the road. We pull in somewhere at four or five in the morning and set up and start it all over again. So, so you've done all this work. 
where you've setting everything up, but then you are and during the game, you're right there with the players. You're right there. Right with there. The explain, yes. explain that um, perspective and just that experience of being in that area. Well, I'll tell you, it's pretty cool. Um, it, it goes pretty fast. Like if you see a game upstairs and then you get on the bench, you're spoiled and going upstairs is kind of boring. <laughs> you know, when you're a part of the game, it's really incredible. You know, like I usually stand and do the door where they come out. Yeah. I'm opening and closing that door as fast as I can. And then I got to get a stick and then I got to, I got to get somebody get some hockey tape or, Hey, Billy, get this, get that, you know, all over the bed. You know, there's a lot of games that I don't see half the game. Yeah, I was going to ask you how. What is your focus during the game? Are you do you get to I'm watch? Looking it? at stuff that's going to maybe break, mm-hmm. sticks and skates, and looking for guys like I watch the stride of the guys playing and see if they have any like uh like their skates blow out mm-hmm. or they get bad. How do you? What do you see that we don't see that tells you that skates going to blow out or that stick? A guy falls. Okay. Let's say a guy takes a deep cut, like a turn, mm-hmm. and he slides out, and they'll be the first to tell me. Yeah. They'll come in, and they're they're they're. We got to get new blades on these. Okay, let's get them on. And then we usually have everybody has a set of blades in the back, like a like an Indy five hundred uh, pit crew. <laughs> so we put on a new set of blades, and they go skating, and then I fix the old ones. Okay. That's neat. I didn't realize any of that. I was just curious about your your focus, and I love that you say you get spoiled in the box. Because oh, yeah. I can only yeah, imagine that, the exhilaration of being able to see it from down on that level. I mean, I've been hit with a dozen, probably a half dozen pucks and sticks over the years. I've had a few stitches and stuff. And it keeps you in, stories. <laughs> it, it keeps you in the game, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you're sitting there watching, and it's it really, you know, it's it's really think about it, a lot of games over two thousand. Yeah, two thousand with all these different teams and different levels. I mean, I know you were mentioning, um, you know, the higher levels of hockey that you're a part of that would have kind of gone on up to like, you know, even more professional. I always say that that the different leagues skate faster. It's just a different environment with each one. So I can only imagine. Being in that setting and all these different times, what you have witnessed and, and been a part of. Well, I got a quick story about something cool. Um, and I, I got to go to the camp in the NHL in in the Nashville. I got yeah. to go to the training camp. Nice. And that's not and that's not on that thing. But I went there. It probably would have been 2015, and I got to help in training camp, and that was really cool. I got to see the Nashville Predators and. I was sitting down with these guys to eat breakfast. Hey, come eat breakfast with us. And here are these guys I watch on TV, and they make like $20 million, and I'm eating breakfast with them. (laughs) So, yeah, that was pretty cool to get to go to Nashville's training camp. Yeah. Did you get to do anything equipment training-wise with them specifically? Doing the whole. I got to stand on the bench. Yeah. You know, and hand out sticks and that kind of stuff and uh, help with the laundry and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they skate fast. They do, and they let me do a lot of stuff. And yeah, oh yeah, they're pretty fast. All right. They're, they're, they're the greatest athletes in the world. 
We uh, we had the my husband and I had the opportunity once to go to a Preds game, and the whole time we said, "Gosh, the NHL is just fast. Everything was just so much faster. It felt like watching that. They're flying." So speaking of all these things, um, can you recall any good stories related to Havoc with like a stick breaking during a game or an injury or anything like kind of cool that, I mean, I know none of this is cool maybe, but you must have some really good stories under your belt, especially with the Havoc. So I thought we would kind of transition there and you could talk about it. Well, did we talk about the one, well, I mean, this year there where I hand the stick to Boussel. Yeah, but I was going to ask you about that. Tell us that story. Yeah, so, so you know, I didn't even really think of it. I just saw him coming, and he's yelling, stick, stick. So I give him a stick, and I'm really not even sure if it was his because it happened so fast, right? So I got him a stick, and then I hear everybody cheering because they're all standing up, and I'm kind of down in a hole. And I look around, and they're all hugging me <laughs> and high-fiving me. I'm like, well, all right, we scored. No, no, you got the assist. You hand. Oh my God, I did. Oh, that's cool. And they were all hugging me and high fiving me. And and you know how like at the end of the game they uh they have everybody like the the hat of the night or the trophy for yeah. the best. I got it that night. So nice. so I got the VIP for the I got it for that night, which was really cool. So that's interesting. You you made the comment. I don't even know if I handed him the right stick. So that's another. Uh, it, thing. It, it ha- well, all the sticks are numbered. Yeah. And they have different knobs on them and all that. And so I, I did it right. It was fine. But you don't, you're just kind of worried you didn't do it right, you know, because it all goes down so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you see now, I have uh, glasses on, but um, sometimes during the game, I didn't wear my glasses. So it was kind of hard for me to to see the numbers, but I, I, I would wear them now if I had to <laughs> do it again. <laughs> well, and it's interesting too, because you, I'm assuming that, you know, the equipment managers want to, to know that, Hey, what they just did is, is adding to the success of the team. And that was like an instant reaction that stick goal. Here we go. Kind of thing. Yeah. It, 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 it's a nice feeling, but like, like I, said, I, I do it because I want to win. Yeah. So I like to feel like I'm a part of those eight championships that I won with those guys. And that, that, that means more to me than anything. And I guess, you know, you meet people along the way and you have friendships and relationships and that part of it's really cool. But at the end of the game, I like to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any other crazy experiences that you witnessed during a habit game, like a good fight or something that, you know, well, you Get upset or something. Yeah, back before I probably you were a Havoc fan. I don't know, like, oh, 2016 or so, we had a big fight. You might have saw it on on the Google. I don't know, but it was a it was at a home game, mm-hmm. and it was against it was against the the Sea Wolves or somebody the Haluxi Surge. Oh, the Mississippi Surge. So we were playing the Mississippi Surge, and we had a guy, Corey Fulton, that got hit into their bench after the guy opened the door. So he was a pretty tough guy, and he he started to fight. And before you know it, our whole team's in their bench fighting. And you're right in the middle of it? 
<laughs> I, I went down there screaming and yelling at people and getting and getting in trouble. I got fined. You tell us about this. Why did you get fined? Well, because I was cussing at him and stuff. <laughs> getting involved where I probably shouldn't have, and th- that's the last time I did that. I, I didn't but do that it, anymore. But was it fun? Let's ask that question. Of course, it was fun. And I, I used to do that a lot more before I came to Huntsville, but I was kind of getting older and a little more mature. So I tried not to do it as much, but I'll tell you what was funny. Do you know the Toby Keith song, Red Solo Cup, Red Solo Cup? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the fans started throwing cups on the ice because they were playing that song. During the middle of the fight. Yeah. Red Solo Cup. And so fans were throwing their cups at the other team. Nice. That's a good memory. That's a good one. Um, so then, so I have a, you mentioned that you have worked in, you've done some roller hockey, arena football, baseball. What exactly did you do in those capacities? Oh, well, in baseball, I worked for, have you ever heard of the Huntsville Stars? Yes. Mm-hmm. I worked for them. I was their clubhouse manager. Um, basically a lot of the same stuff, except for we had to be responsible for team meals. So I would help cook the meals and stuff. Nice. And then I did the laundry and cleaned up the clubhouse and that I did that for a couple of years. And then, and that was kind of neat because they had guys that get called up right. And the next night they're on TV. So you see them in the national baseball league because they're on TV. And um, that was a night that was cool. Did that a couple of years. Um, then the indoor football, I worked here for the, for the hammers. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the, uh, Alabama hammer and that was that that went for about two months and it was neat and I did it in a couple other towns too I did it for about five years in Shreveport and I liked it so it's just a lot of the same thing but still hockey players are still the best athletes (laughs) so did you know I did a little digging online I was looking up some more information about you Typed your name in, and I get taken to Amazon, and I see mud bugs, hockey, you know, trading cards, and you're on a player trading card. Did you know that? Yeah, I think I'm on a lot, but yeah, isn't that cool? That was kind of neat. So I wanted to, like, ask you about that kind of – the equipment manager is actually one of the trading cards in the hockey They used to do that um, in the hockey leagues – all the hockey leagues that I've been in, they'd put the trainer, the coach, the equipment manager, and the and the uh, team broadcaster. That like was right so on the, cool. Yeah, like right on the training card. And I, I probably had about six or seven of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're pretty neat. Once in a while, I'll get one from somebody in the mail, and I got to sign it and send it back to them. So that, that <laughs> makes you feel good for half a minute, you know, like you're somebody. <laughs> So another question I wanted to ask you, you've been or you've seen the league in so many different years and ways. Just how how has the game of hockey overall? How has it changed? Oh, geez. So when I started, the guys would just come into like training camp and play to get in shape. Now they got to stay in shape to play like you got to come ready to play the game's faster, quicker and stronger and the equipment's better. The skating's better. The skate machines are better. You sharp. Everything's just that much better and that much faster. Um, you know, when they started hockey, you know, for a long time, they didn't wear helmets. Mm-hmm. Well, you couldn't, you couldn't get aware of that now because you'd get a concussion r- right away because back in those gates, you know, the guys were pretty, they were good, but they were honest. 
and they weren't hitting each other from behind and they were respectful because nobody had a helmet on. Mm-hmm. You'd still get some bad injuries, but not as many as you probably would now. So I think the game is at a good place. Um, uh, you know, a lot of things have changed. The goaltenders are definitely better. The defense is better. Um, everybody's in shape where as back when I was a little kid and they first, when I first started this as a stick boy in the seventies, they would drink beer all the time after the games and stuff. And now they're drinking protein shakes. <laughs> I mean, they still have their fun and drink their beers, but now it's just, now they're drinking their protein shapes and they're, and they're hitting the gym as soon as the game's over. And seems like there's a lot more accountability that that's imposed. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. The game's at, I mean, a different place. And then, and, and that's in all levels, mm-hmm. which is nice to see, you know, I, at all levels, on good programs like we have here in Huntsville, you know, good teams, the guys take good care of themselves. Yeah, and so that also leads me to a question, too. You know, you see a lot of people will look at Havoc, especially in the time frame you've been with them. You see a lot of players come and go. They get called up, they're gone, or they're, they come and go, they come back. Um, how do those – I mean, how is that – okay, well, he's gone now. Like, how does that – I mean, for lack of better word, I mean, you kind of, like you said, you build these relationships and then they get this opportunity and they're gone and then they may or may not come back. Yeah. Different people take it different ways. Um, I think, um, you know, it's especially tough sometimes if you have a guy a long time and you Mm -hmm. make friends with him and then all of a sudden, like he might get traded or, you know, something happens and he has to leave. Um, yeah, you think about him and it's tough. And then, you know, you, uh, he plays for the other team and then you got to kind of go talk to him and say hi. And mm-hmm. sometimes you really don't want to, but you need to do it because. Yeah, that makes sense. He, he, he was your friend. So he's still got to be your friend. So there's got to be like a happy medium there, right? Yeah. They're still friends off the ice, but when they play on the ice, that they play hard. <laughs> you know? So. But, you have now stepped into a new venture in your life. You are retired. You have decided that it is time to hang it up, so to speak. So what made you decide that, you know, now is the time? Let's do this. Well, there, there's a couple things. So uh, uh, um, uh, Glenn's retiring. Glenn's stepping into the front office and Stu's taking over. And uh, we all just kind of sat down and we felt that they're like, you know what, how you feel about this? And I'm like, you know what, I'm ready. So they just kind of like, they started it and I finished it and said, I got bad knees and I'm sore and I, I'm ready for a couple years off. Mm-hmm. And everybody was kind of happy with that. And, you know, and, you know, Stu's leaving. A lot of the guys are retiring, stuff like that. And I, I think it was just a good point because uh, Glenn's leaving and Stu's taking over. So I, I think it was a good time to just step down so what are your retirement plans? What are you, what is well, life? I'm working. I'm working at the Space and Rocket uh, Center. Nice. What are you doing there? I'm a security guard. Nice. So I'm working there right now. And so retiring means retiring from hockey, not like life jobs. Right. I don't make enough money to just retire from. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't, you know, that's for the big guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, Planning to still come watch hockey, I would assume. Absolutely. Uh, the powers that be, Keith, 
um, Keith and and everybody, uh, they're going to give me season tickets for life. Nice, you deserve so it. They're they're great. I'm very grateful for that, and so we'll be at a lot of games. Nice, sure. wonderful. And that even that alone, that just respect right there, and that um, just kindness in what you just said really speaks volumes to the owners. Well, they, they're hearing. they're top notch. Glenn, I, I've been with Glenn 12 years and he, he's top notch and Keith and Becky are top notch. I mean, you can't ask for a better office staff and everything. Everybody's great, you know, and they, they do a really good job. They do. And you go to other teams and it's not going to be as good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I keep hearing the same thing. And I know I bring this up, especially in the interviews that I, I'm working on with, with, with the podcast, but I feel like it is such something I want to keep pressing because I don't think other leagues or other fans in other leagues realize what kind of gym we have here with our management team and our coaching staff and stuff. Like it's where this is not just a show and just a talk. This is like a real deal thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, we treat it like it's the Stanley cup. Like we, we treat every day. Like we're at the top level we can be like, and that's what I like to be a part of. And I, and I've always been a part of teams like that. And it, thankfully, I got to come here after Shreveport. And, I mean, and uh, and uh, Glenn took over coaching. And it was just the same way, where everything is professional and done right. And we get the guys all the stuff that we can get them to provide them to be their best mm-hmm. uh, possible that we can do. And, I mean, and another thing here, too, is, is I've missed this whole time is the booster club here. The booster club's unbelievable here. Yes, I agree with you. There's a lot they of They gave us food after they gave us bus food. They gave us food after games. I mean, there's teams that do that too, but not 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 to the extent that ours does. Mm-hmm. Our booster club is awesome. Grade A number one and uh you know, I couldn't thank them enough for everything they've done too for me and my family. So so someone is going to step into the role of equipment manager for the Huntsville Havoc, uh-huh. and, and it will be someone new. So I'm wondering what is your advice that you give for that person who's about to fill this role um, with the team? What, what what do you tell this person coming in? Work hard and uh, have fun and relax. Relax, 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 because it's a busy place. Because we're so popular and because we do so good, it puts more pressure on equipment guy to make sure that the guys have their jerseys for promotions and school readings, this, that, and the other thing. And we have a jersey every other night that we're using that's different. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just a harder place to work, but it's mm-hmm. certainly a lot of fun and challenging. But I would just give a young guy starting out just relax, smile, and nobody's going to get mad at you if you work hard. You know, and I think, too, that really says a lot about you um, making sure all these things are taken care of. I saw a picture shared that you shared after Dominic graduated with his master's degree. Oh, yeah. And so that, that, you know, as a fan, seeing that alone, seeing that kind of support from someone in a staff role to a player for something as important as their education really spoke volumes to me. Well, so I'll, I'll tell you something about that too. That's so, so uh, I, he played hockey for the new junior team in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. So he is, he was coached by people that I used to be an equipment manager for back in Shreveport. 
So when he came to play for us in Huntsville, he was my friend already and he didn't know it. <laughs> nice. And we hit it off really good. And, um, um, but I, I, I go to guys' graduations if they're, if they graduate here and stuff. And it, it's just a good, it's a good, if you can go to that stuff, you, you know, you can't go across country, but. You well, know. it really spoke volumes to me for about you to be Thank honest, um, that you would take the time out to go do that. And so that, that told me everything that I needed to, but I just want you to know that from a perspective that that, that means a lot to me as a fan to see that kind of support. Cause I know that support's there, but that is just an even more of a support. It's not necessarily related to the game. It's related to like the career after the game. Cause we know there's a life outside of hockey that comes. Um, so anyway. The last thing I wanted to touch base with you on and ask you is just simply when you when you look back on this career that you have yeah. had, what do you think you are going to remember the most about it? So I, I, I could sit here and go all the people I met and all the friendships I made, but I, I'm going to remember the championships because really that's – Anybody that says, oh, championships aren't important and it's about the relationships, they've never won. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Like, you know, that thing, uh, what was it called? A last dance mm-hmm. with uh, Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, he says, that's the way I am. And if you don't like it, tough, go somewhere else. I totally identify with that. Like, you're here to win first and be friends second. I think mm-hmm. kids are different nowadays mm-hmm. and you got to draw the line, but, and, and, you know, saying that, and, and I'll just end it with this. I've met a lot of really cool people in, in here and especially Huntsville and Shreveport. And uh, we're a big family here in Huntsville and we've, I've made a lot of good relationships here and, that's the most important thing. It's the relationships, but the championships are right there with it. Well, I, mean, I, I think I agree with you. Winning a championship is definitely something that not everybody gets the opportunity to be a part of. So I think I said it earlier in this interview that you don't lose and start out by saying how everybody's such a great guy. But every time you win a championship, every one of those guys in that locker room says, we had such a great chemistry. We had such a close team, right? They all yeah. say that. Yeah. You know? Well, there's a there's something you've had to work toward. There's a lot of adversity and a lot of other things that you've yeah. had to come to get to that point mm-hmm. of winning it. It's it, I'll always remember an interview that I heard with Tyler where he talks about there's two seasons. There's the regular season and then there's playoff season. Oh yeah. You know, and so to to look back on the championships is the most important. I totally understand that because not everybody gets that opportunity to get to that point. No, and we're blessed that we got to our our group here that had been together for you know six seven years got two of them. Mm-hmm. Like I said, two years before we won a championship, we won eleven hockey games. So we are very blessed. Well, Billy, thank you so very much for taking time to chat with us and share your story. We've really, I know I have greatly enjoyed this time you've spent with the team um, and all that hard work and dedication. I promise you that it has not gone not only unnoticed by staff and, and players, but all of us fans out here 
recognize that hard work um, and dedication you put into the team. So it's even better now to know that really and truly you were kind of the magic behind some of this stuff. So I, I have That's to That's very you kind. That. Thank you. Yeah. We Thank you really, so much. Oh, you're welcome. We have really appreciated you coming on um and everything and again as we get this all you know we sum up all this big thank you to our fans who keep listening to our podcast we um we keep coming back every week with some stories and we hope that we are doing justice to those stories that we are telling and we hope that you have all enjoyed today's in a slot chat with longtime havoc equipment manager billy welker this week um, until next time, all of you Huntsville Havoc hockey fans, remember to stay sharp in the slot and keep reeking of Huntsville Havoc hockey. Do you have an idea for the Reekin' Havoc podcast? Email us at reekin'havoc at outlook.com. That's R-E-E-K-I-N, havoc at outlook.com. Send a Facebook message to the Reekin' Havoc page or leave us a voicemail or text at 256-434-RKKN. That's 256-434-7556. The Reekin' Havoc podcast. Every 40 seconds, a child goes missing somewhere in the U.S. You can help in the effort to find missing kids simply by donating your car or boat to Find the Children, a nonprofit organization dedicated to returning missing children to their families. Find the Children works closely with national and community agencies and organizations and helps distribute flyers and posters that are directly responsible for recovering missing kids. Your car or boat donation helps protect and recover children in every state and community by Sponsoring child safety and recovery programs. For fast, free pickup, call anytime, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Running or not, your car, truck, van, RV, or boat will be towed away free of charge. Fast, free pickup, plus it's tax deductible. Everyone wins when you donate your car or boat to find the children. Call right now. 800-466-8813. 800-466-8813. That's 800-466-8813. A new equipment manager has stepped into Billy Welker's vacancy. Ryan Parent comes to the Havoc after serving in the same capacity for the Knoxville Ice Bears and Fayetteville Marksman. The SPHL announced their full schedule earlier this week. The Havoc will open their 20th season where they ended last year on the road at Birmingham on October 20th. The Havoc will have their home opener on the 27th against the Pensacola Ice Flyers. Go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com and click on Schedule to see the entire slate of games. Mediacom Extreme Points expire June 30th. Redeem your remaining rewards points in the Havoc app. College interns are needed for next season to fill sports administration and sports media positions. For more information, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com to the Contact Us tab and click on Internships. Now that home dates have been announced for next year, season tickets have gone on sale. Go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com forward slash season tickets. The 2023 Showcase Camp will be July 28th through 30th at the Huntsville I Sports Center. Cost is $300. The sign-up link is online at HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Just click on the tab in the main menu. And updated office hours for the summer are Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. through August 4th. Then beginning August 7th, that goes to weekdays from 10 till 6 until September 1st. Then from September 5th through the end of the season, it will be from 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. Become a member of Chaos Kids Club today. Download the Kids Club app for your iOS or Android device or online at chaoskidsclub.com. The Recon Havoc Podcast. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. 
They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-586-9885-800-586-9885-800-586-9885. That's 800-586-9885. For tickets, official Huntsville Havoc merchandise, and more, go to HuntsvilleHavoc.com. Visit our website at ReconHavoc.com, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and listen, follow, and subscribe to the Recon Havoc podcast on your favorite platform to keep up with the only weekly podcast covering the Huntsville Havoc, the Recon Havoc podcast. Havoc.